Mark Charlie. Mark, one Charlie. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. About the future innovations and growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fantastic edition of Finding Your Frequency. I'm Ryan Treasure. Jeff Spinard's not with us today. He's out there taking over the world, uh, some special projects for Voice America. So we'll welcome him back uh, in a couple of days uh, in our next sets of interviews. He'll be here with us as well. Uh, and again, thank you guys all for tuning in and listening to Voice America. Of course, you can check us out all over social media at Radio Ryan 1, at Jeff Spinney 2, or follow the main Voice America TRN uh, Twitter account. Find out about all your favorite radio show hosts and uh, shows and topics and podcasts and all the things that we have going on here at Voice America. Uh, as always, you know, we're trying to always bring you guys some uh, fantastic interviews uh, about some uh, uh, subjects that are uh, really popular right now. And so we're not stopping. We're keeping that trend going. And today we're going to be talking about some uh, some really cool stuff. Uh, I know maybe a lot of you have started to see these escape rooms kind of popping up uh, in different areas or, or maybe even at events that you go to for business. Uh, and so we're going to talk a little bit about these escape rooms and their popularity and talk to a gentleman who uh, has a company around that uh, very successful entrepreneur uh, and so we'll definitely be getting into that so I want to uh, thank our guests for joining us today uh, so we're going to talk to Mr. Akosh Kaboshi uh, he was formerly working as a banker and financial expert when he became the co-founder and CEO of Kotscott Playhouse in Budapest uh, before he started the Panel IQ Escape Room franchise. Uh, he's one of the owners of the Millipop Playhouse uh, and became involved in several multi-million dollar real estate development projects. And currently he's a PhD student studying the local and foreign amusement sector for the last 10 years. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Eiko Shikaboshi to the show. Eiko, how you, you doing? Much. See, we spared no expense here on finding your frequency. I gathered my most appropriate uh, in-studio audience to give you a proper welcome. Uh, thank you for your time and jumping on the show today. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. You know, uh, as we were kind of discussing a little bit before uh, before we started the show, uh, finding your frequency is about, you know, that moment where you decided to follow your passion, follow your your. Uh, you know, your, your ideas and, and, and be your full entrepreneurial self. So let's kind of, you know, maybe go back to the beginning for you and, you know, where, where did you get started down this road for, uh, uh, which ultimately ended, uh, with the panel IQ escape room, uh, things that you're working on. Let's just kind of start from the beginning. So I was born in Hungary, uh, Budapest, uh, and, uh, my story pretty much started when I came to the U.S. for a foreign exchange student for a year. And uh, the family I lived with took me to Chuck E. Cheese. And back then I was 17 years old and I was, I was uh, completely amazed at what I saw there. And when I went back to Hungary and I finished my university years, uh, that was the time that uh, I really wanted to start a business. And... Uh, and I reached out to some local investors and uh, I tried to do something like 
uh, Chuck E. Cheese's. Uh, and uh, that was back in 2011 uh, when originally we leased a space in a huge mall and we opened up the first business there on 15,000 square feet. Um, it became very popular and honestly this was the point when I uh, became addicted to the amusement industry and I had the opportunity to, uh, to learn a lot more uh, by managing uh, this project. Uh, two years later, I built another playhouse. Obviously, I learned from a lot of mistakes from the first one, and the second one became even more popular and better. And this was around in 2014 when I thought that, uh, uh, by the way, I had a lot of off-site projects, and I, had, I thought that uh, if I want to, be a little more successful. I, I really want to try myself on international levels. And obviously I had this uh, a connection to the United States. I had a wonderful year here. And uh, this was the time when uh, escape rooms popped up in Budapest and uh, they became very, very popular. I could see that tourists love them. They'd become the number one tourist attraction in the city. And it just seemed to me very obvious that if we have a really good concept, I can try to export it to the U.S. and see how people react to it. And this is how we pretty much started Panic Room in Hollywood in 2014. Wow. So you guys have had some really good success with your escape rooms. I know, you know, just from personal experience, uh, you know, here in Arizona where I live, they have the the state fair that comes through every year. And I think it was about two years ago, they actually started incorporating, uh, you know, these escape room pieces as part of uh, uh, an attraction for people to go to the fair uh, and then. You know, so I, I actually got to experience a couple of those. And there's a company here in downtown Phoenix that has an escape room. And, uh, and those those are always really cool. So I do see this, you know, uh, a huge attraction to the escape rooms kind of, you know, blossoming across the United States with, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, enjoying those. Uh, and with you being one of the pioneers that brought the escape rooms to America, uh, tell us about how widely popular these things are. So when we opened the first one in Hollywood, we were probably the first company who actually started a traditional European style escape room in 2014. Since then, I don't really know the exact number. I, I, it's very hard to, to uh, uh, estimate, but it's somewhere around 2,000 escape rooms popped up in the past four years. Wow. Uh, so this, this is a large number. But um, to be honest with you, if you look at this number, just uh, purely you'll see 2,000 is a lot, but it, compared to the uh, uh, capacity and compared to the potential of the cities, uh, it, it's nothing, especially if you compare it to Euro, for, or for example, you compare it to Budapest, which is a population of 2 million people, 2 point something million, and now there are at least 70 companies running escape room games. So there's still a lot of potential in the market, yeah. plus uh, number-wise and quality-wise also. So what's what's different uh, between like what you had said, the traditional you know European-style escape room, and something that you might find uh, here in the U.S. Is there is there is there some differences between the games and the different things that people do in in the, those different markets? 
So the, or the concept itself is pretty much the same. The difference is that uh, U.S. companies uh, like to put uh, more than 10 people in one team at the same time, while European style escape rooms normally uh, put only six uh, players in a team. Um, pretty much this is the difference. But as far as the actual game itself and puzzles and things that need to be solved, all of that kind of stuff is very similar across both markets? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> uh, I'm very proud to say that Hungarians are very, very good at uh, coming up with puzzles. That was going to be so my next would... question. Is you know, are, do you, have, you, have you found that you know, Americans have a much harder time with the escape rooms than you know, other folks? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's a difficult question. I, uh, j just coming up with the puzzles, I think we have a really good uh, uh, brain capacity for that. So since we have 70 escape rooms, I have a lot of experts. I have a lot of people working around me and for me just to come up with that new ideas. So I would say our escape rooms are, are more creative uh, puzzle-wise than uh, a traditional American company. Uh, and as for the players, it's very hard to design a room uh, in the U.S. because uh, it's very hard to determine uh, what the difficulty level should be. Sometimes we have players coming out from Stanford and the same day we have uh, regular people who just want to do an escape room and they have a normal job so they are not uh, geniuses. So that's why <laughs> it's very hard to set the difficulty level uh, the right level. I guess you got to be able to be fluid, right? In a situation, if you're running an escape room, you know, and you're, you're scheduling people to come in, you've got to know, all right, well, this is a group of, you know, highly educated college students, you know, that are, you know, master's degree in this, that, or the other versus, you know, like if I decided to, you know, pack up a few folks from the company to go down and, you know, have some fun with an escape room as maybe a, a, a team building project or something like that. Correct. So you always have to make a difference between first timers and, and uh, experienced players. There are some enthusiasts who have played more than 200 escape rooms in their lifetime. So obviously <laughs> the, uh, the expectation of those guys are a, a little bit different than, for example, for a first timer. What we're trying to do with our newest rooms right now is that some of the puzzles uh, can have uh, different uh, difficulty levels. So that uh, just adds, adds a little bit to the uh, experience. So kind of walk us through, you know, maybe a, a traditional uh, like escape room, you know, like what, what would one experience when they go there? Uh, like, like if you were explaining it to somebody who doesn't even know what an escape room is or have never experienced it, you know, how, how would you explain the process of going through the escape room and, and you know, what, what, uh, what would they expect to get out of that? So the, the entire experience could be compared to movie theaters where you have a lobby where people wait. And then when the movie starts, that's when the escape room starts, we put them in a, in a themed, uh, in a spectacular environment. And we give them 60 minutes to solve uh, puzzles, find keys, find uh, hidden objects and solve a mission. Uh, and after 60 minutes, if they succeed, uh, they can escape. Uh, this is the marketing. Uh, we don't really close anyone in. 
uh, that's how originally escape rooms started. So people were actually locked in a room and they had to escape. Nowadays, our rooms are more like uh, quest based. So the the point is that you have to solve a mystery. You have to find a hidden treasure. You have to uh, find a secret uh, uh, magic spell, for example, in our wizard's room. Okay, so, so like being like being in a locked room until somebody uh, completes clue, right? Like, oh, all right, I figured out that uh, Akos killed the lady with the candlestick, and then once you figure that out, then you're able to get out of the room, right? Correct. So there's a series of puzzles. Normally, in a 60 minute is, uh, escape room, you put 12, 15 different puzzles tasks in there, and uh, they a, a, a nice and a well designed escape room has a script written just like a movie has a script written so you start with uh with a simple uh, simple puzzle simple exercises then you get to harder ones you have to uh, use different type of puzzles so you need to have skill puzzles you need to have uh, logical puzzles uh, you need to play search and find so it's a very complex process i how you how you design a room and what's very important that one team consists multiple rooms. So it's part of the experience that you find secret doors, secret secret entrances, and you will get to places which you wouldn't even uh, expect that they are there. Yeah. So I guess you could have like multi-room ones, right? Where you have to, you know, figure out whatever the clue is in this room. And once you figure that out, that gives you a key that opens the door that takes you into another room where you have another clue. Do you guys do that as well, where it's like multiple rooms that you get into as part of the, the, the process? Absolutely. Originally the concept comes from, uh, from the popular PC games from the nineties, where you were clicking at stuff, finding a key, open a door, find solve a puzzle there go to another one and they all did it by through the computer and escape rooms is just pretty much this concept in uh, physical reality oh that's really cool wow i can see how these are getting so popular you get to have you know this this theater like experience but also you know really exercise your brain and you know probably have a really good time doing that um where, where do you guys have locations in the united states where people can go and check out some of your rooms uh we are pretty much located in most of the bigger uh metropolitan areas and we are have a lot of uh, new locations coming up uh i could list all of them but we have 12 locations and and you can find them on our website yeah i was gonna say we could probably just go check out the website what what's the site that yeah, they can check out it's a uh, www.panicroom.com and panic uh, is with an iq p-a-n-i-q nice correct well, what what's next for you guys in this realm? Uh, you know, expanding to more locations, uh, or do you have maybe some plans to spin up some other business venture? So uh, there's escape room businesses. If you look at this in an industry, it's at the early stages of it, uh, what we see at this moment is that uh, there are certainly going to be some companies like Panic who will will. Uh, uh, will be special and will turn to multiple locations like we do. Uh, the challenge for us right now is that uh, we started Panic with Generation 1 escape rooms, which were technology not advanced, and the design and the theming was like uh, very premature. Right now we are doing Generation 3 escape rooms, 
which are very spectacular with a lot of technology inside, uh, with a lot of uh, special effects. And uh, we, we are currently pretty much raising the project budget, what we work with, so we can provide better and bigger uh, experience to our customers. Plus, what's a big challenge for us is that right now we have units with, I, I, we call them compact units where you only have three, four teams at one location. We are trying to build units where we have more, at least six, eight different teams. So when a customer walks in there, he or she is going to uh, feel that uh, they are in a, in a movie theater where they find comedy rooms, where they find family-friendly rooms, where they find horror-themed rooms. So yeah, that's that's pretty much the challenge for us right now. What kind of what kind of technology are you guys leveraging? You know, with these these level three rooms, you know, you hear a lot of you know buzzwords right going around uh, the technology sector with blockchain, cryptocurrency, which probably you know may not uh, go with you guys. Maybe blockchain does, but uh, you know, and then you hear people you know cloud computing and artificial intelligence and machine learning and all those types of things. Um, how are you guys leveraging technology and what technology are you leveraging to, to make these more exciting? So I always say that escape rooms is a very interesting type of business because you have an actual service provided in a physical reality in a brick and mortar uh, uh, building, but you actually sell your tickets online. So right. we really have to be uh, experts uh, with our website. This is why we have our custom-made reservation system. Uh, we have a custom backend system that helps our operation plus helps our customers and our franchises to run their business better. Uh, in, in, actually, inside, inside the escape room, we have uh, developed our own kiosk system, which is a type of communication system which helps uh, the customers, uh, the players communicate with the game master and they get hints and they get help through this uh, uh, special uh, uh, system, what we've developed. And uh, about the rooms, so uh, when I say generation three, uh, it's pretty much in a generation three escape room, you will not find any keys, locks, or any traditional escape room uh, tools. Uh, since everything is connected to one puzzle is connected to the other and everything is uh, operated by uh, magnetic locks and there's a central computer system behind the entire room. So the game master is able to control the game by just remotely opening uh, doors or solving puzzles for the customers and helping them that way. Uh, plus the, the actual theming, the environment is very, very much uh, like a Hollywood uh, team set where you can actually feel that you are part of a different bird. Yeah. I bet you lighting probably comes into play a lot with those too. Um, right. You guys are making sure that the room is lit in a specific manner to give it a specific kind of feel. Uh, tell us a little bit that, about that. Yeah, that's very important. I mean, that's a entire uh, industry that specializes on uh, special effects and lightning. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to be a stagehand right uh, before I got into radio um, and so I did all, all types of stuff lighting and carpentry right we, we would build set design and all this kind of stuff so I can kind of imagine there's you know a, a whole creative outlet for you know somebody who may be versed very well in, in theater right I mean that's you know you guys are building an environment to entertain people very similar to that. 
Correct. So just an example, right now we are building uh, an Atlantis theme room in the Bahamas where uh, we use these special wall panels to create the antique hook inside. Plus we will have a special lightning system that's going to add the special blue effect to the room so players will have the effect that they are under the sea and they are playing in an Atlantis. Right. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like... Um like I went to Vegas uh, last year and I went through uh, and uh, it was a, a Titanic exhibit. And so when you go through the Titanic exhibit, it's really cool because it, you get immersed in, in that space. So it's like you, uh, you, you, you start your walk and you, you actually, you pull a card first and they give you a card and that card tells you, okay, um, you're going to follow the story of, you know, whoever this person is. Right. So when I went on my Titanic one, I was following the, uh, the story of an upper class citizen, right? They had different levels of the Titanic where, you know, and my wife who went with me, um, her card was, um, she was like an immigrant who was trying to migrate, who had no money and was basically a stowaway on the ship. And so then as you walk through, you get this whole feeling like it, it starts to get damp and cold. And then you start hearing creaking of the ship. And then you're looking at all these artifacts that they found, you know, from the shipwreck and all that kind of stuff. So um, when you, when you start, when you start talking about building a theme, are you guys really, you know, getting uh, that in depth with that environment, so you you have that that same type of feel. Yeah, so it it was a process for us to understand what people like and what people enjoy, uh, and what themes are popular. And we came to a conclusion that we really have to. First of all, we have to follow Hollywood. So if we see that zombies, or if we see that uh, that uh, mummy, for example, or pirates are popular in the theaters. Obviously, we have to come up with something similar like that uh, because people will book, book those kind of games. If we, uh, uh, if you, if you just look at the, uh, if you look at our themes, you will see that the, the what we offer is pretty much the themes that take you to a different era that will uh, that that are immersive. People can put on costumes and they can. They can feel that they are, for example, in a wild, wild west bar, or they are actually in an insane asylum. That's cool. Or they are, they are wrecked, for example, in a pirate ship. And I'm like, this is what kids need to go do instead of play video games. <laughs> Very important point. Yeah. The, the success of escape rooms is uh, probably that you can leave your phone outside the room for an hour, still see some technology, and still see that you are. You are uh, so you are in the 21st century, but on the other hand, you will get immersed with the game plot, and you will just focus on solving puzzles and and uh, and uh, yeah, it's problem uh, problem solving in real life with real people, you know, with stuff that's tangible and visible, and you know, I think that's a lot of what you know uh, a lot of our youth you know they 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 lack a lot of that. I talk about a lot. I talk about that a lot in our shows. You know, we we do. Uh, interviews with authors and speakers and different folks. And I did one last week that was all about, you know, screen time with a, a early childhood development uh, expert. And, you know, we talked about, you know, that a lot of people would, you know, they're, they're sitting in front of their screens and they're not actively engaged in social activities. And, you know, I could see these escape rooms, you know, being a way where you can kind of get the best of both worlds. You get this nice gameplay, but you're still, you know, interacting with other real people that are there. Uh, and so, yeah, this is, I think, uh, I think this is going to continue in popularity. 
Correct. In interactivity is very important. So here, if you want to, if you want to solve everything and you want to escape in 60 minutes, you have to talk to each other and actually <laughs> cooperate to solve puzzles. Actually, the most popular rooms and the most popular puzzles are designed for two, three players. So while one part of the team is solving this puzzle, the other part is going to solve the other. On the other hand, what's interesting is that uh, we have a concept for kids. And parents are very grateful for us that their kids are finally able to open up a lock or they are able to read uh, a, a, a traditional clock or those kinds. So they're able to actually touch stuff and not just the monitor. So they are more than happy to bring yeah. uh, their kids to panic room. Just fun. Yeah, I, ma- I made a point about that uh, on one of my other shows. My wife and I were uh, going to go see my mom and we we're driving through you know the neighborhood that we grew up in and there's a park there um, and I used to go play pickup basketball all the time at the park and you know there'd always be you know 30 minute wait to go get into a pickup basketball game because everybody <laughs> wants to go play basketball and we drove by there and there was nobody at the basketball court. You know, and I was just like, why aren't people interacting with each other? You know, and then I talked to my neighbor who's got some, you know, some, uh, you know, 10 and 12 year old children. And he's like, they would rather play NBA 4K on the PlayStation rather than actually go play basketball. And uh, it's just this. So I, I, I really like this concept with the escape rooms because it, it, it really does, you know, give you the best of both of those worlds. And, 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 you know, social interaction is so important nowadays for kids as a parent myself. I mean, I would want nothing more than my kid to be able to go do both. But uh, she, we don't have video games in my house. They're outlawed. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, what a, what a cool uh, thing that you guys are doing. And, you know, I want to urge all of our listeners to go check out the website, you know, uh, and, and I'll let you give that contact information again so people can go find out. And then I think you guys are are franchising this as well. So let's, you know, talk about how, you know, if somebody was interested uh, to, you know, bring this franchise to their city, uh, you know, what would one have to do? So we are registered as franchise since 2017. Um we are, we are relatively new in the industry, so we are currently learning uh, the ins and outs of franchising. Uh, but the process itself is very simple. Uh, they can find pretty much every information online, then we contact, they fill out a form, then we contact them. Uh, then if they like the concept, we sign a franchise agreement. Since we are in the brand building process, we are very flexible on the terms, so we are not like McDonald's where you have to this is what you get and this is what you have to take. So we are trying to build up a good connect relationship with our franchisees. And uh, the process is very simple. Uh, as long as we have a, a, a property and we have the right location, we need about three months for planning uh, the unit, then another three, four months to do the construction and set up the puzzles and set up the games. Mm-hmm. So it's very simple and honestly, it's a very uh, great business to jump in right now, especially with Panic because we are uh, one of the strongest brands and, and uh, we can we work a lot on how can we support our franchises and how can they become more successful. Yeah, I can tell your guys' website is fantastic and it's panicescaperoom.com, P-A-N-I-Q-E-S-C-A-P-E-R-O-O-M.com. Go check it out. Um, 
And I've been to your, I've been to yours. I was just uh, at your website right now. I've been, I did the kidnapped theme at the Phoenix version. Uh, that's one of the ones that I've done here locally, uh, which was amazing. And I wanted to go back and go try out um, the wild, wild west one, obviously being in Phoenix in the wild, wild west. You got to go check that one out. But um, if you guys are in other cities like Chicago, Beverly Hills, or, you know, New York, there's all kinds of different things that they do. You have the zombies in Dallas and, uh, you know, secrets of wizardry that you have in the Beverly Hills location and uh, crime ones in Washington. DC and you know all, all kinds of really cool themes that I'm looking at here on the website so uh, I would urge all the listeners to go check out the website and go take a look at uh, what these guys are doing it's amazing uh, really really cool stuff and uh, they have uh, some locations all over the country and, and like you said the uh, the major cities uh, but most notably San Francisco San Jose Los Angeles Phoenix Dallas uh, uh, Houston uh, Miami Washington DC Chicago and New York and then you have a couple of new ones that are coming up soon in Atlanta and Boston, right? Yes, and in Boston. Oh, in Boston, and oh, Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah, and these are the newest ones. They are not even indicated on our website because uh, we just closed these deals. <laughs> oh, the Boston one. Can we escape from Tom Brady winning more Super Bowls and let some other folks do that? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the Boston one. We, we didn't decide which teams are we going to choose and we bring to the city. It's a very, very important project for us because uh, there's a lot of smart people in Boston and uh, uh, we want to bring them something special. Yeah, I think MIT is in Boston, right? Correct. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a, a tough one to try to but stump that's, some that's MIT. That's actually very important that, that when I say smart and when we talk about the escape room, so you don't have to be a genius to solve an escape room. Uh, a 10 year old kid can have extreme amount of fun in the room. So sometimes you have to uh, use your brain and the best rooms is when you are, and you have the, the biggest amount of fun when you are at the borderline of, of succeeding and and, or, or, or getting to a failure. So, uh, when, when you are there and you just focus on the exact puzzles and the exact tasks, you're not necessarily using your brain all the time. You have to use your skills, your your manual uh, abilities to solve these games. So it, it's pretty much for everyone. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. I, I really like what you guys are doing. And, you know, I can't wait to see some other stuff that you guys are working on and different kind of themed rooms and all that good stuff. And. Uh, yeah, this is really, really cool. Thank you for joining us on the show today and kind of explaining to us about uh, the insatiable appetite for the wildly popular escape rooms. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks Late for having me. Yeah, we appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys make sure you go check out the website again, panel. Uh, panicescaperoom.com you can go check that out and go find out what's going on in your local city uh, and, and we'll put some stuff up on the website for it well for this as well uh, when the episode is airing so we appreciate that Akosh Kaboshi thank you so much for joining us uh, we appreciate your time ladies and gentlemen make sure you uh, follow us all over social media at Radio Ryan 1 at Jeff Spinney 2 at Voice America TRN and of course check out the website for the radio show findingyourfrequency.net 